0: This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast... Kids ought to be asking their mom and dad, "Hey, I see you in the morning or in the evening. I see you kneeling by your bed, or I see you and mom pray when things get difficult, or I, I saw you and dad pray in the car before you had to, to walk into a difficult meeting at school. Teach me how to do that.
1: Thanks for listening. My name is Brandon and welcome to
0: the Activate podcast, a ministry resource
1: of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. This week, I will be having a conversation with Pastor Christian discussing his recent message in our summer series, The Parables of Jesus. In this recent series, we're learning more about the important teachings of Jesus found throughout the gospel narratives. Pastor Christian, welcome back and, and thanks for the conversation um, today. Uh, we're currently having it via Zoom. Uh, it may sound a little different if you're a frequent listener to the podcast. That's because we're using a little bit different technology than normal to record this. So, uh, Pastor Christian, we're officially halfway through our summer series on the parables of Jesus, and as a result of studying his teachings even more, what, what have you learned about Jesus that has challenged your thinking the most?
0: Well, I think the thing that I have learned that that has encouraged my thinking the most is how how practical is um, Jesus is? How practical Jesus is in his application of what I, of what I would call really deep truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Moses told the people of Israel that God was not a God that was far away. That was, he was not a God that could not be comprehended. Uh, he was not a God who wanted to uh, kind of re- remain in secret um and it's interesting because you have Isaiah who in Isaiah 55 says that the things of God and the ways of God are so far beyond understanding and finding out there is this element um to God that if if you if you can understand everything about him he's probably not God however right. you have Jesus who who wants to make God personal you have Jesus who wants to make God uh, and who does make God through his sacrifice approachable And you have Jesus who wants to take spiritual truth and make it, make it memorable, make it applicable, make it understandable. Uh, You have Jesus who's willing to unpack really, really difficult truth through really, really simple stories. You know, we find ourselves halfway through um, this series, and now we're thinking of faith like a mustard seed. Um, Boy, it starts really small, but it grows into something that is super, super beneficial. We're thinking of faith through the lens of a field that has wheat and weeds, and we learn we have to water wheat and protect against um, the weeds. We're looking at faith through the lens of different types of soils, and we're wondering why our hearts are shaped the way that they are and what that means for how we accept the message of the gospel. We're looking at faith and we're remembering the story Uh, of 10 virgins waiting um, on a wedding 2,000 years ago and how to be ready and how to stay ready uh, for that marriage feast. We're thinking about spiritual things through the parable of this rich fool who had so much of a harvest, uh, but instead of giving any of it away, spent all of it on himself. Faith is now coming to us in bite-sized stories that are easy to remember because Jesus knows if we can remember the story, we can remember the truth. And if we can remember and apply the truth, it changes everything. It just changes everything about our life. So for me, I'm, I'm trying to learn even more. Man, spiritual truth is so important. What can I do to make it memorable? Can we? Can we put it on a little wristband that you wear? Can we create little sayings that people remember? Spiritual truth is so valuable. I'm reading Proverbs right now in my own personal devotional life. Mm. And to hear the value of wisdom, more valuable than gold, more valuable than silver, to hear the value of spiritual understanding, more precious than gems. It's like, man, whatever you do, whatever it takes, whatever stories you have to tell, To wrap it in a package that you can hang on to. Man, get spiritual wisdom, get spiritual understanding, understand spiritual truth because it changes everything. And Jesus, through his teaching, Mm -hmm. um, is showing us that whatever he has to use to push spiritual truth deeper into the hearts of his listeners who are seeking answers, he will do. And I, I think I'm just inspired by that in this series to do even better at making spiritual truth attainable, memorable, um, applicable so that it can be impactful. And I, I think you did just
1: that in your in your message for Sunday. Um, let's talk about that for just a moment. Um, teach us to pray. This is what the disciples asked of Jesus because, as you mentioned, this is what every Jewish young man would have wanted to learn. Do you get a sense that Christians today have stopped asking this question and and as a result have lost their desperation for God and and if so, Pastor Christian, what needs to
0: change? So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take your question a step further. Do I get a sense that Christians today have stopped asking the question, "Teach us to pray"? Brandon, I get a sense that Christians today have stopped praying. Mm. So, so the next generation can't say, "Teach me how to do something." Mm. They never see us do. Yeah. Right. I mean, you've been, you've been to Israel. I've been to Israel. Right. When you go to Israel, you see people pray. It's part of the culture. Um, it, now, now for us, we, you know, we, um, we believe it is a, it's for, for many, it's a cultural thing more than a Christ thing. Um, it, you know, we, uh, we pray as a practice more than as a relationship for many people over there, times of prayer and prayer books. Um, but we we who believe we have a relationship with God, yeah. we who believe the God of the universe is listening to us and that he's good and he loves us, um, we who believe we can talk to God, we should have habits of prayer and we should have practices of prayer. K- kids should be coming up to the adults in the church. The teenagers should be coming up to their youth leaders and saying, hey, I saw you tonight during church or after church Um, At the end of the message, I saw you praying. I saw you on your knees. I saw you looking like you were really communicating to God. What were you doing? Can you teach me how to do that? Kids ought to be asking their mom and dad, say, I see you in the morning or in the evening. I see you kneeling by your bed, or I see you and mom pray when things get difficult, or I I saw you and dad pray in the car before you had to, to walk into a difficult meeting at school. Teach me how to do that, because that seems to change your heart. I I, I feel like the the question, the question has stopped being asked because the picture has stopped being seen. Wow. Um, Teach me to do what you do. And and the reality is we probably don't want to teach the next generation to pray like we pray. Because I think statistically, like something like 80% of Christians never pray for more than anything other than their meals. So we don't want to teach them that to pray that way. We want to teach them to pray like Jesus, and that's why I'm excited for our 21 days of prayer uh, that we've got coming up in August. Because we need to become a church that prays together. We need to we need to become a church that has a culture of prayer together. We have hundreds of people who pray on their own, but I want to be a church who prays together enough that people who don't pray can come and watch and say, "Okay, teach me how to do that." And, and I'll be honest, our appetite for prayer has been wetted by a lot of our prayer partners, like Life Point Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, like Church of the Highlands, mm. uh, who we follow closely and, uh, and who we watch and learn from in Birmingham, Alabama. We, we've watched them for years do 21 days of prayer. And then we reached out to them and said, hey, would you teach us to do that? See, it's prayer that whets the appetite for prayer. And if we will pray the question will naturally be asked, teach me to do what you do. So I don't think the problem is in the question. I think the problem is in the practice uh, and the lack of practice, which leads to a lack of awareness. So there is no question. Um And because of that, I, I would say that uh, the, the generation that's coming up, I, they, to me, feel like they have more of a desperation for God yeah. than the current generation, those who are between the ages of probably 30 and 55, Um, so we, what we need to do is we need to direct their desperation for God by teaching them to pray, but we do that by, by praying, by showing them, um, how we pray And the 21 days of prayer is going to be just our very first opportunity to do this. We've got plans for a prayer room at a church, at our church in the next phase of our building. I mean, I, I believe we're going to be a church that, uh, that hopefully is known for prayer uh, eventually. And then and then, if if we accomplish that, people will say, teach me to do that like you guys do that. Teach me why it's important. So I, the practice, I think, is more important than the question. And if we'll yeah. practice it, they'll ask the question.
1: That's really, uh, really challenging and encouraging at the same time. Well, Pastor Christian, on Sunday, you stated that Jesus wanted his disciples to ask a big God for big things. Uh, one of my favorite books on prayers by uh, Mark Batterson um, he wrote in The Circle Maker, bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by our biggest dreams or boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. If, if your prayers aren't possible to you, you they are insulting to God. Pastor Christian, I know uh, firsthand you, you pray for big things. Has that always been the case? And if not, what or who challenged you to pray bigger prayers?
0: So, yeah, you know, I I went to school at Liberty University in college um, where our chancellor, uh, Dr. Jerry Falwell, um, was a guy of just huge faith. Mm -hmm. And he challenged the students to have huge faith and to make huge impact. Uh, So, you know, I I left Liberty University and and I would say I had, um, you know, I, I had this faith that was striving to do something great for God. I mean, you know, Billy Sunday prayed that prayed that prayer, God, make me great for you. Okay. Um, I, I think I left Liberty uh, wanting, wanting to do something great for God. I left Liberty wanting to leave um, my spiritual footprint on the world. And in my 20s, prayed lots of big prayers. But I think as I got to 30, I realized a lot of that was for me. I wanted to leave my big spiritual footprint on the world, not Jesus' big spiritual footprint on the world. So in my 30s, I, I kind of, I, de- I developed this probably what was a very, a very healthy spiritual humility um, where I just prayed God would use me to do anything. Right. Um, you know, I, I didn't pray for big things because like Batterson said, I thought I don't want to offend God. Um, I just wanted to be faithful. But what I've begun to realize again, the last probably seven years since we started Journey. Um, is not only, not only is God not offended by big prayers, but to be faithful is to have big impact. Yeah. Um, because you know Jesus, Jesus didn't call us to have no impact so that we could learn to be humble. He told us to go into all the world and minister to all nations with with the ministry of the gospel. He told us to feed the hungry and clothe um, the poor and to and to make a difference and to make an impact. Uh, so I have gotten back to the stage where, where not, not me. I don't want to leave my spiritual footprint on the world, but at this stage of my life, I want Jesus footprint to be bigger than I, than I have ever imagined that it could be. And I want to do everything in my power to do my part to leave whatever part of that footprint I have been created to leave. So in my twenties, I think I, I, I prayed, I prayed that God would do huge things. Um, but I think probably it, it was a mixture of personal ambition and spiritual ambition. Um, and Paul, the Apostle Paul, said in Philippians, hey, some people are pursuing Christ for selfish ambition. But you know what? God will use them anyway. And I feel like God used and answered a lot of those prayers, even in my immaturity. And then I think God allowed me to experience a valley of brokenness uh, in my early 30s um, that allowed me to continue to pray that God would do big things but but I didn't care if it had anything to do with me. I just wanted the kingdom of God to come on earth more now than it was currently, just like it was going to be um in heaven. So I think just recently I've gotten back to praying big things, but with a healthier spirit, big things not so I could leave, right. uh, big things not so I could have impact, but so that God would have great impact and use me however he wanted to use me in that. So Um, yeah, I I think it's okay to pray big prayers. I think it's okay to trust God for big things. I think it's okay to desire that God do big things. I just think it's good to kind of disconnect what our part of that big thing um, would be and and be okay to be along for the ride, but not in the driver's seat of what the big thing has to be. Hmm.
1: Well, let's get really practical here for just a moment. What are some tools, some ideas that you've discovered that has greatly enhanced your personal practice of prayer?
0: Yeah, so I didn't talk about it in the message, but probably the first really valuable prayer tool that I used was an acronym, um, the word ACTS, when approaching prayer. A lot of people want to pray. They don't know what to pray for. So it's good to have just a filter of pray for these things. Um, So it's not in my message, but for years and years and years, I used the, the, the the word ACTS yes a c t s a stands for adoration. Just start by telling God all the things um, you know that you adore about him all the things that you see and love about God c stands for confession uh, It's always good to ask God to clean up your heart when we live life on a daily basis. We collect the brokenness of the world on us and in us. Uh, we were born with a lot of us a lot of it in us that needs to get out of us so uh, I'm constantly confessing. Um, you know, sins of commission, sins I've committed, sins of omission, things I should have done that I, that I didn't do. And then just w- what I would call original sin. Like, God, this is me. This is the brokenness in me. And I, I constantly need that to get better. T stands for thanksgiving. Uh, it's just an acknowledgement of God. These are the things you've done in my life. So what's the difference between adoration and thanksgiving? Adoration is praising God for who He is. Thanksgiving is praising God for what He's done in your life. God, thank you for health. Thank you for this. Thank you for my job. Um, And then S stands for supplication. That's praying for others. That's literally uh, a list of things. So for years, I had a prayer journal where every day I would write ACTS down the side of the page. And today I'm praising God for this. Today I'm confessing this. Today um, I'm thankful for this. Today. Um, my prayer request, my supplication is this. That's one model I have found extremely helpful. Another model I have found extremely helpful is praying through the Lord's prayer mm. um, and, and just taking one line of the prayer and then adding life into it. Uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, I thank you that you're in heaven. And Lord, I see you as holy and different and separate um, in these ways. And then just walking yourself through the Lord's prayer just a little bit. Um, at a time from give me today my daily bread. Here's what I need today to um, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive these people who have trespassed against me. God helped me to forgive these three people and those three things that happened in the last month, um, but, you know, all the way to, hey, you know, I, I hope your kingdom comes today. Um, in Lee Summit, in my meeting, I hope my kingdom comes today. I'm in Branson today, uh, over the Fourth of July with our family. God, I hope your kingdom comes in Branson today, uh, the way it would in heaven. I mean, just getting real literal, so just writing out the words of the of the Lord's Prayer and filling in those columns um, as you go, Brandon. Right now, I've been using for the last two years a prayer guide that you created uh, at our church. The last time we went through a, a big series, we did a 40 day prayer journey, and I asked our people to pray specific things every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday. Um, so I'm on that guide that you created. I've just made that kind of lifelong in this season. Today's Wednesday, Wednesday's prayer, Psalm 1914, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart might be pleasing to God, my rock and my Redeemer. So today I'm praying um, about my words. I'm praying about my thoughts and my meditations. Wednesday's today, kind of I pray about my emotional health within me, what comes out of me, how that impacts others. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of different guides you can use. You can get on the Bible, uh, app and you can get a 40 day prayer guide. Um, you can go online and you can Google, um, you know, prayer guide. Just make sure it's a Christian prayer guide because there sure. are lots of religions in the world that pray. Um, and you could, you could find yourself praying to some weird God in some weird place. So if you're going to Google a prayer guide, um, Google a Christian prayer guide and, and it'll give you all kinds of words and thoughts and themes. Um, to pray through but just start praying like just just start praying just start talking to god about everything in your life
1: yeah and and there's something you mentioned that i know you do daily um is you journal what you pray about talk talk just for a moment and and i didn't even put this in the questions but talk for just a moment what what it means to you to journal your prayers
0: well for me it so it helps in that it helps in that letter t of the acts that helps them thank yes. um yes. so the most important part of my prayer journal are the the answered prayers yeah. um and and the repetitive prayers right i mean we we learned this week in the message to be persistent so i could go back in my prayer right now and i can i can look at themes as i pray for emotional health and uh, emotionally healthy leadership and impact on my family and and our staff i can go back and look at every wednesday of this year right we're ha- we're halfway through the year so i can go look at 26 different wednesdays and see what i've been praying for and i can see strides that have been made where on one wednesday it's like lord i've got to develop this and i can look back 4 months later and think wow like i i did god helped me do that mm-hmm. um you know i i can go back to tuesday yesterday was the day i was praying over the the prayer of jabez lord bless us um lord grow us uh, Lord, protect us. Lord, let your presence be with us. Um, and I can go back to things in January where I was praying for blessings, um, that are already accomplished. I literally could not pray today in July what I prayed in January. What was the desperate prayer in January? Cause it's done and it's over. Um, and I, and I don't need it anymore. Uh, so for me, two things being able to look back and see answered prayer reminds me that the things that are heavy today could be answered tomorrow if I'll just pray for them. So that gives me encouragement and then being able to see those persistent areas. When I see, um, you know, Monday is the day that I pray for the needs of our church Monday. Almost every pastor I know wakes up heavy hearted on Monday. Uh, you've been in spiritual battle on Sunday and you wake up on Monday feeling, feeling like you've been in spiritual battle. You're, you're sore, your soul aches. Uh-huh. Uh, you question whether or not you can go do it again. So Monday is my Matthew 7, 7 day, ask and seek and knock because Monday I get up and sometimes it just feels like the weight of the world is on my shoulder. So Monday I, I pour out my soul and Lord, boy, I really need help in these areas. And to go back and look at um, areas that Monday after Monday I'm praying for and to think, okay, God's going to move in those areas in incredible ways. Hmm. Um, it's just great. So for me, it's, um, it, it's perspective that things that are really heavy one day are going to be answered uh, answered at some point. Um, and and it is, it is in that persevering mode of, Hey, I've been praying for this uh, every week for the last six months. So I take comfort. It's not been answered yet, but God knows I'm serious. And he told me that if I would keep seeking and keep asking, keep knocking that I could keep expecting that he was going to hear and answer. So for me, those are, those are probably the most mm. valuable tools just being able to go back and have a record of God moving through prayer. That's great. Well, let's end today with this idea
1: of expecting that you focused in on your message. Uh, you challenged us to have an expectant attitude when we pray. Not only do we not pray big enough prayers, we often don't pray expecting an answer. H- how do we develop an expectant attitude when we pray?
0: Well, so, for me, one way is to have a record of answered prayer. I sure. mean one one way it's much easier to expect that God will answer your prayer today is to have a log of hundreds of answered prayers in your past um, which I've been able to have just because of some spiritual discipline that I've developed in journaling. So that that's that's the best way um is is to be able to look back and say God answered this prayer and I believe he'll answer. Mm-hmm. So I think another way is, to, is just to continue to develop a trust and an understanding of of who Jesus is and how Jesus loved. Remember, Jesus' prayer today wasn't or Jesus' teaching on prayer wasn't as much an acts method, wasn't as much the Lord's Prayer that we learn, but it was the relationship. There you go. So I want you to know that that when you pray, um, you're praying you're praying to God who, like a good friend, is is going to make sure you have what you need. You're praying to God who, like a good dad, is always going to provide for you physically and spiritually. So I think the the expectation comes in the relationship
1: mm-hmm. more
0: than it does the answers. I'm praying to a God who cares, which allows the answers to be filtered through a lens of spiritual maturity mean hey i'm God, I've been praying for ten weeks for ten things um and i need and i need I need ten dollars in each of them, and God, you've given me you know in four things, three dollars, and in six things no dollars. However, I know you love me like a good friend loves. I know you take care of me like a good dad takes care of his kids. So help me to see in those things where I missed in asking. See, a lot of a lot of times our prayers are wrong. Prayer is never wrong if we are praying, but sometimes our requests are wrong. Hmm. And if we understand the relationship, the, the request doesn't matter as much as, um, hey, God, for 10 weeks, I prayed for these 10 things and you gave me three what I realized because I know you're a good friend and because I know you love me like a, like a good dad loves um, their kids. God, what I've realized these last 10 weeks is these must be the only three things I need. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at God for the seven things he didn't provide. I don't feel like God's holding out because I know who he is because I know how he loves. my perspective changes by what he gives me because I always see him as a good friend. I can rely on because I always see him on a good dad who wants to provide I can, I can see the ultimate answers to prayer as all I needed in that situation. And it, and the relationship sharpens the request to help me understand that I have all I need when I have God who I can rely on. Like I rely on great friends when I realize I have God who I can rely on, like a dad who always takes care of their kids. Um, the relationship sharpens the request and helps me trust in what God is doing in my life.
1: Well, Pastor Christian, I want to personally thank you uh, for the challenge and the reminder of the importance of prayer in our lives. And and I know that this will be extremely helpful to to, to people. And we want to thank you for listening today. Our podcast audience continues to grow, and we believe that's because you're sharing this podcast with your friends and, and your family. So keep it up. Don't stop. Let's Let's keep spreading the word about this valuable resource that, so that others can continue to grow in their relationship with Jesus. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active.
0: Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.